Oh, I see us. Right? Yes. Okay. Hey, friends, inside of the group, let me find your faces again. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so excited that we get to do another round of um, live question and answers with our incredible speakers. And so first things first, I'm going to go ahead and pray. And then we're going to jump in with some intros. And I know most of you actually have watched these videos, especially, but just in case we're going to introduce everyone and then get into the questions. So let's pray first. Um, man, hey God, <laughs> deep breath, Sam. Thank you so much uh, for this time, this space. God, thank you for this group of women, full of women who are just wanting more of you and who are passionate about digging deeper into their relationship with you, God. I pray that you would just ordain this time as just anointing conversation where there's no question too silly or smart or anything that women can just feel free to have conversation that points them directly to you, God. We thank you for this space. We thank you for these women, not only in the group, but these amazing women who are speaking, giving their time and wisdom to pour into us. And we just love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Who is, so Jeanette, you're on my right. So you're up. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeanette and I am an Air Force veteran and a military spouse. And right now I am helping women become unapologetically unstoppable to whatever their calling is. I just love, love, love empowering women, making sure that they are exactly who God says they are. I feel like as women, we do a lot of people pleasing. And so to let go of that conditioning and to go after God's heart and what God has for us, because that's the only person who matters, honestly. God, your spouse, your kids, everything else. And um, the one takeaway, do I do a takeaway now or later? Go for it. Okay. The one takeaway I would say, um, if you did not get to watch my speech, I would say that the only thing you ever need to do is to go back to the last thing God told you, because he will never lead you astray if you get lost, and to surrender everything you have to him, because if you surrender to him, he can make it grow better than you ever could on your own. We can leave now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, we're going to do that then. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Courtney, you get to follow that up. You're welcome. Oh, seriously? How? <laughs> Got this, um, girl. I am Courtney Browning. I am a spiritual alignment mentor and coach. I um, I love serving female Christian leaders who are high achieving. And what I do is help them deepen and personalize their relationship with God by revising all the routine scripts that we've been taught without compromising the word of God, of course. Um, and what their result is, is that they lead others into the freedom that they have received on their own from God. Um, the takeaway, of course, the takeaway for me is you get to have your own personal relationship with God and it doesn't look like or have to look like anybody else's. It's your own after all, you were created. Um, if God wanted you to look like somebody else, why did he bother making one of you? He broke the mold I mean, when he made you. <laughs> Is that what we're doing is snaps? <laughs> I love that. I feel like this is going to be a conversation of permission slips and like grab a notebook because we're just coming in hot, basically. Yeah. Uh Kayla, go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> My name's Kayla. I am a Christian mentor and life coach. I'm currently sitting in the airport. I just got off a plane and didn't have time to get anywhere else. Um, but if I could have you take one thing away from my conversation or this whole thing is just to know confidently that you have a real relationship with God and he wants a real relationship with you. And it can be as fun and exciting as you want it to be. You get to make it what you want it to be. It doesn't have to be what everyone else has always told you or what you've always learned or what your grandparents did. Like you get to have that relationship that you want right now. Oh, 
I stink at unmuting, guys. I'm so sorry. Okay, Paige, bring us home. Oh, man. I am Paige Lore. I am a mama of three. My youngest is four months, and so I live in that crazy life. And um, I am a business owner, business mentor, um, published author. My goal is to um, is to publish a book a year until the Lord tells me to stop and maybe even more. Um, and so, um, that is all God's grace. It's all through him. Um, he just speaks through me and uses me and I'm, I'm thankful for that opportunity. Um, and I'm, I'm, I write poetry. My next book that I'm going to release, hopefully in September, it might be a little bit later than that in the fall, but, um, it's poetry. So like the, you know, the, the snapping is way, way up my lane. So, um, and yeah, I am absolutely like, I, I agree with everything that everyone said. I'm just passionate about helping women experience the freedom that I've experienced in my life. I grew up, um, I grew up believing in God, knowing God was the, the, the ultimate, you know, he was my everything, but, um, I didn't necessarily know how to bring that home for myself, how to live in freedom, how to, um, overcome all of the, of the trauma and all of the things I experienced in my youth and my childhood, um, and so, yeah, I, um, I'm so passionate about helping others, um, find that freedom. And, um, I have a keen sense of smelling, um, hurting people, you know, I, I can sniff it out and, um, and there's nothing that means more to me on this earth than helping hurting people feel seen and loved and heard and felt. And so, um, so that's, that's me and that's what I'm passionate about. Um, I would say a takeaway from, you know, our conversation was, was, was fantastic. And I, I would, I have something from that, but as everybody's talking so far and just with, um, Sam, you posting the, is it okay if I call you Sam? I'm sorry. Okay. Um, you can call me anything. Yes. Okay. And by the way, did you just get your hair done? Cause it looks okay, so keep going, keep talking. I mean, my gosh, it, like highlights or something, right? Like you're glowing anyway. So, um, but, but the takeaways from there and hearing you apologize because you're having to re-upload videos. My takeaway from this entire experience is that God does not want, or uh, the enemy does not want kingdom women getting together and talking about God. So we have to do it more. We have to lean into this. We have to lean into this relationship. I had spiritual warfare on um, Monday night, like I was, I had this like oppressive thing that was on me and I was going through some stuff and, and it, it, it presented itself as relational conflict. And then I wake up the next morning with all these testimonies of Paige, what your talk did for me. And this meant so much. And, and I'm sitting there like, isn't that funny? You know? So that's my takeaway is that this is what we're supposed to be doing. And, um, the power that we have all together is frightening to the enemy. So I'm, I'm just loving being here. I love that. You guys, I think I'll write a mini book after of all the junk that happened. Mm -hmm. And you guys have heard it's been like six weeks of this, but even today, my computer, I didn't know we were going to, I was about to call one of y'all and be like, you're going to have to host it because I've spent five hours today talking to Apple support. And so sitting and watching my computer upload, like I'm not playing. And so it's funny because one, the enemy doesn't know who he's messing with. Obviously, as far as God, like God has the victory. He's already won. Like this is minute stuff as far as I'm concerned. But also he doesn't know who he's playing with when it comes with me. I don't play this junk, right? Like I am here to win it. I don't get much out of this other than hosting it and having women experience freedom and deepen their prayer life and have a real relationship and surrender. And so I was like, dude, the enemy messed with the wrong chick. Cause I'm hood and holy and I don't play. I'll just keep going. And so it's been a great day and I'm so excited that we get to do this. And thank you for your guys' time and your gift and speaking life. And I agree that, uh, there is something so powerful about all of us have different businesses, different things in our life, different messages, but coming together for no other reason than pouring in to these women and the event and other women to help deepen their faith. It's just, it doesn't happen in the, in the world. That's why it's so cool that we get to do that here. So before I get back on my soapbox, let's, um, Sarah had a question and, and I lost it, but it was, what is the book of the Bible that has impacted what you're doing the most? And I'm going to say book of the Bible and scripture. I'm tweaking it, Sarah. Sorry. So if you have just a scripture, then do that or the book of the Bible. And we're going to popcorn it. So unmute yourself and go. 
Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> I've, I've been ready since she posted it. Um, as I was transitioning, so I spent decades as a fitness professional um, and working in professional sports. And it was just almost two years ago now that I transitioned and surrendered my whole fitness business, got rid of the Instagram name, the website, the bank accounts. Kayla Fit was no more. Um, and Kayla Praise came to pray. Um, and at the time I was living in Canada in my mom's basement after my dad had passed away and COVID hit and I was stuck in Canada because the borders closed. My belongings are all in a storage unit in Phoenix. My car was in California and I was really stuck, but I was reading through the book of Acts. And one day I got to chapter 28 and I really felt like Paul, right? He's like, God's like, you're going to get to Rome. And he's like, okay, great. But I'm in jail. I'm wrongfully accused. I'm going through all this stuff, but you say, I'm going to get to this place. So all of a sudden he gets on this ship and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to get there. Like, you know, like I like to read the Bible, like I'm in it, like get rid of the spoiler alerts, get rid of the hindsight. Like I'm, I'm there with him. I'm like, he's on the ship. He's going. And all of a sudden they get shipwrecked. And when they get shipwrecked on this island, I'm reading it in chapter 28. And it says that, um, on, I'll just start in verse seven and just read a couple of verses. Near the shore where we landed was an estate belonging to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. As it happened, Publius's father was ill with fever and dysentery. Paul went in and prayed for him and laying his hands on him, he healed him. Then all the other sick people on the island came and were healed. As a result, we were showed with showered with honors. And when the time came to sail, people supplied us with everything we would need for help. The very next verse says it was three months after the shipwreck that we set sail. And I just read that and was like, for three months, they were there. Paul wasn't yet where God said he would be physically, but he was still called to be who God called him to be, no matter what his location was. And that was the day that I enrolled in a podcast course that I started to transition my business, that I started to say from my mother's basement, I will say yes to God right here. And everything has grown from there. But it was that understanding of God said he was going to Rome and he's not there yet. And everything is a mess and he is stuck in all of this mess, but he is still who God called him to be, even though he's not yet where God said the location would be. And that shifted everything for me. Yeah, that's so good. That is, I actually <laughs> forgot about that story. And so I love that. I was having a conversation. And so many times women too, when we see other women, uh, how do I say this? Stepping fully into their calling. Sometimes we're like, man, I had a message and I shared it on my stories, but that uh, was basically like, you did this so fast. And I was like, first off, I didn't do this. This was God. Second off, this is 15 years of ministry in the making. And this is like my discipleship and surrendering and all of this. And so many times, oh, you're back. Um, so many times we look at like Paul doing his thing and writing the Bible and being our spiritual Bible boyfriends. But like what he went through, if you're not paying attention to his story, we wouldn't sign up for that. We wouldn't sign up to go to jail and write a super encouraging Bible. We wouldn't. Like if you miss his story getting to where he's on the stage or, you know, then we miss out on a lot of God, what he's doing for us and the redemption and the transformation. And so friends, if you even see us on this little platform, like don't think that we've had it easy or that it hasn't been surrendering or this is God working in and through us for several years for most of us. And then now we're here. This is the fruit of all of these things. Kayla, you're back. So keep going. <laughs> And we said it on Tuesday as well, but I just want to say it again in case there's other women. Where we are right now, there's going to be another thing coming. Like, so what? You've said yes. There's no, like, we've made it. It's actually like, I've said yes, and God has me right here. And then he's going to ask me to say yes again tomorrow. And he's going to ask me to say yes again in a month and in a year. And all I have to do is say yes. I tell people in that season that I held my yes hostage. Everything God was telling me, the podcast, coaching, mentoring women, 
I said, yes, God, I want to do that. I see myself doing all of that. I'll do it when you move me back to Arizona. And that was our conversation every day, every single day until chapter 28 of Acts. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and now it's been awesome. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's so good. So good. Thank you. Does anybody else have scripture that's made some impact? I'll go. Uh, oh, go for it. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, I'll be quick. Um, Hebrews eleven eleven. So I'm one of those people that like every time I look at the clock, it's eleven eleven. I don't know. It's just the only time I ever see. Um, so I went in search of scripture that that would be a reminder for me every time I saw that on the clock because I don't believe in all the other you know symbolism. And so um, I found finally found, and I don't know why it took me so long, but like I finally found Hebrews eleven eleven. Pr- previously, my favorite quote was "She believed she could, so she did." And, um, that was in a season of self-effort striving and all kinds of nasty stuff and, um, being a self-made individual. And so when God shifted me into a season of rest and, um, trust in him and out of striving in, in my business and ministry and all the things, um, I, I read this scripture one time and I realized it fit with that quote, but, um, I, so I changed the, the quote to say she believed he could, so he did. And so that's like the quote that I live by. Um, and the scripture, I'll just read it real quick. Hebrews eleven eleven. Sarah's faith embraced God's miracle power to conceive, even though she was barren and was past the age of childbearing. For the authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise and she tapped into his faithfulness. So she believed the one that made the promise would be faithful to fulfill. So she believed he could. So he did. So that is the that is the scripture that I live by, and I just love that because we all we all have seasons of barrenness, um, and in different ways and for different things. And so I believe you cannot you'll you'll go through disappointment. That's a part of this life, but um, just don't stop until you hold what you heard. Um, when you heard him say it, um, don't stop until you're holding it. And I just believe in it. I live I live by that, and I remind myself of that every single day when I see eleven eleven. You guys, I can't take notes and host. So come on. Wait, come back to me with I uh, mean, I had to write down what she just said. Say until it again, Paige. I hold what I heard. Come on. I hold what I heard. Yeah, I just, you know, it's like I remember hearing, and there's so many things that I'm holding on to, but it, it makes me emotional because I remember hearing like you'll write a book, you'll be a published author, you'll 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 heal people, you'll break chains, you'll reach thousands of women, I'll I'll present you to the nations. And and then it felt like I was put on a shelf and I I was so so and that was a, a longer season than I, I, I would care to like like it was almost from the time where I felt like very strong to the time it happened was a 10 year process. And that was extremely frustrating. And there was other things that he had me pursuing that I was passionate about, but, um, and that's just one, one area, but I believed I had to hold on to that and, uh, and, and believe it and, and stick with it until I was holding that and then holding the book in my hands. And, um, I was told that I would have a really supernatural birth, uh, and, and that birth would change so many women. And this was a prophecy that I felt so rung so true. And then um, my story is three C-sections. So I'm like, you know, that didn't quite work out. And then I was holding my first book, The Roots in a Woman. And I was being interviewed one time and they asked like, what was this process like? And I was like, it was the most natural birth ever. And then I started bawling. (laughs) And the person's like, "Um, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I just just, you know, a full circle thing just happened to me. So it was my, it was my natural birth that was prophesied over me that, you know, until, until I was holding it, like I just had to hold on to his word. So, um, yeah, that's, it's been something I live by. Mm. Man, I love Sam, what you said, as far as letting every single woman in the room know that where we are, wasn't a yesterday thing. Like this is years. Right. And right, Paige. So as you were sharing what you were sharing, it's been years to get you to this place. What Kayla talked about, it's been years to get her to this place. Like that was during COVID. That wasn't yesterday. It wasn't last week. wasn't last month. It's years of a process that we're all going through, which leads me to my absolute favorite scripture. And that is Psalms 138, 8. 
where it says that the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. He will not forsake the works of his hands. It's so parallel to what all of us are are sharing right now. I just love when God does that. <laughs> it's just so good. And for me, it, 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 it rings true in every area of my life. Uh, when I started, since we're talking about what is it about that scripture that has positioned me where I am and what I do right now, I needed insecurity to be perfected. I needed my identity to be perfected. I needed my marriage to be perfected. I needed everything about my life to be perfected. And every time, you know, strategies would come, even today, uh, Paige, thank you so much for reminding me um, that there was warfare in the midst of going through all of this, because as I share it with Kayla earlier today, and then Sam and, and Jeanette, my stepson just went through a domestic shooting that happened on his job just this morning. And it did not register until you said that, Paige. It did not register that the enemy is fighting hard against us. And yet, what is God perfecting in me that concerns me? The title of what I shared was about prayer. What was I doing? And, and I just talked to CJ while we were getting ready for this just a little bit ago. And when I was talking to him and I shared with him, I said, hey, son, I was praying and I didn't know it was for you. I was praying in the spirit and right at 1130. And he just said, man, that's just like when you prayed for dad and he could have died when he was in the hole during a gas gas leak. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. What is God doing in me? The very thing that he created me to do, he's perfecting it in me first so that I can hold that space and be that for the other women that he's called me to. Much like you, Paige, I wasn't brought up in the church, but one thing I did have the first day I went to a women's meeting was a prophetic word. And I have held that word. And it was that I would be used by God for women all over the world. Now, Kayla knows I've been freaking out about travel. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, God, if that's what you want me to do, you have my yes. My flesh is going to have a fit. My brain is on a roller coaster like no other. And my emotions are right with it. However, you still have my yes. To the point where I even met with my pastors, I said, here's what I see. Do you see anything on my life? I believe in staying under spiritual leadership. It is vital for our lives. And as they were speaking to me, Kayla, you're going to love this because I didn't get a chance to tell you this. My pastors, both of them looked at me and said, Courtney, sometimes all God wants is your yes. It doesn't even necessarily mean he's going to tell you to do it. Ouch. Just wants your yes. Like Abraham with Isaac. He just wanted him to say yes. He just wanted his full surrender. Did he want him to take Isaac? No, but he wanted to know. Will you do it? Will you stay committed to it? Will you stay faithful in the very thing that you don't want to do? Will you stay faithful? Because there's a blessing in line with your obedience. Will you do it? I think that's a perfect challenge. It's funny how, like I was telling you guys all throughout this event, he's, um, you guys have never like most of not all of you have met the speakers and I talked to you all one-on-one -on -one, and yet Holy Spirit was so very clear at sewing and interweaving certain themes throughout this event and different conversations and surrender and giving yeses are all high five year old are all different yeah. themes that he has just no, sir interwoven throughout this event and your guys is vulnerable. <laughs> I'm trying vulnerable stories really captivate the women that have watched because it captivates the women that have watched because you share a piece of your story, even the hard and messy pieces of the story that women are like, I Paige, I, you guys, I can't tell you how many message from your guys' conversations I've gotten that were like, I didn't know people dealt with that. I didn't know people 
did this. I and, and it was even like a prayer conversation. I didn't know that that's what that meant. I didn't know that this person experienced trauma and how is she writing a book about, you know, like, but it's just the, our, here's our yes, God, use it however you want to. And he's going to use it for his good and his glory. And sorry, that was for somebody, but Jeanette, go ahead so I can do this. So I feel very close to Moses for some reason. I don't know. I feel like that is my dude. A lot of people say like, I don't know, Paul or anybody else, but Moses is my guy. And so when I think about, especially being a military person, I left the mil- left for the military at 21 and I was just like on my own and I felt like nobody got it. And I just felt like I was off on my own in the wilderness for so long. And so. um after I got out of the military, while I was in the military, the military was my God and I was my own God. There, It was me. I had to do it all or I would take direction from the military. God was not my God at that point in time. So when I left the military, I knew that the only person I was going to serve from then on was going to be God. So my verse is Exodus seventeen fifteen. 15. Uh, Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner, Jehovah Nisi. That is my that is my thing. So no matter what I do, I'm always going to go back to God and remember that God is my banner. God is the person that I'm doing this for. And if it doesn't align with God, even if it's a good thing or I'm supposed to do this thing, it doesn't matter if it's not from God. So I always go back and say, is this from God? Not will this make somebody happy or is this a good thing to do? Even if it's volunteering at, at church or whatever it is, is does God want me to do this? Yes or no. That's what I go through for everything. And that's, that's my banner. That's my like life's mission. After I got out of the military, that was, that was it. That was my only focus. And I've had like several different things that I've tried out as far as businesses go, but out of everything, it's whatever God says. If I'm going to go on this journey and it doesn't make sense, God says, go, I'm going. I just came off a 30 day sabbatical because God told me to. My new business is six months old, and I thought that was insane, but I gave it to my team, and I was like, hi, I'm going to go on 30-day sabbatical because God told me to, and so you just got to listen to God. God is my banner. He's the one that I listen to, and that's it. (laughs) So good, you guys, so good. Um, I feel like I cheat with this question. I don't know how to answer it with just one, and you guys did it so well, so I'm going to try, but... I feel like this will be what the book is about, but like there are seasons I have learned again. I feel like that the Lord is such a God of seasons and, um, and I have deep reverence for that now where I didn't used to, I used to be so annoyed with it. Um, but there have been seasons of my life where, um, like, like I've held on to Sarah. I've held on to Mary. When she says in Luke 1, 138, Mary says, I'm the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said it. I've heard that scripture a bajillion times because it's in the Christmas story. But there was a point in my life where I had to cling to that for my children. And I clung like I've never clung before. Uh, there's been seasons where doctors have said, your child is going to die or your child is going to have down syndrome. I have lots of great stories with children. It's great. But, uh, and I had to rebuke him nicely, but then cling on to these promises that I found in the word of God, like my life depended on it because my child's life did. And so there's different scriptures that have been for different seasons of my life. And like Luke 138 was one, um, John 10, 10 was one Ephesians three twenty, obviously abundant woman. Um, but even Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13, which we quote and we love, but we don't keep going. And for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. That was one where I was like, okay, God, you have good plans. It's for you. <laughs> plans for welfare and not for harm, right? To give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. When you seek me with all of your heart. And so I, that was a huge one that I'm still learning because so many times I, God, you said I'd have a good future and I'd have a good plan. So does that mean abundance and money and easy life? No, it doesn't. But 
in my infinite mind, sometimes I'm like, this isn't good, God. Where is the good stuff? But when I align my, my heart, my first love, my heart with his, then our desires are the same. So he'll give me the desires of my heart because it's the same as his desires, right? And so when I search for him, he will find me. And we see that in scripture. And that's why we are so passionate. I'm so passionate about, about teaching women how to study the Bible and just get in the Bible. Because when he, when you look for him, he will show up for you. You just have to go to him. And so those are just some of the few that I've had for like different seasons of my life. Thank you, ladies, for that. Okay, moving on to another question. That just left my mind because someone screamed. I love you guys so much and just love me. Um, okay, so. Oh, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to ask? Um, okay, where, what is the time, which you guys have shared some of this in your stories, but can you share a time that you've struggled with deepening your faith in, in, in Jesus? Cause that's like the overall theme of this event. And what was the pivotal moment to get out of it? Was it just discipline getting into your Bible? Was it a transformation? Did you hear from God? Like whatever, was there a time where you were struggling? Cause a lot of us are struggling to really just click in, plug in. What, how did you get out of it? Does that make sense? Yeah, I have something tangible and I feel like it goes along with one of the questions I was asked in the chat, which I'm trying to get through some of those things because, you know, I left people wanting and, and I think I hit on a topic that was like, you know, I, I, we kind of scratched the surface. I didn't go into all the details in our talk, obviously, but, um, I, I will say this, that when you are in a season of waiting, um, it is, we have, we have so much that is subconsciously happening in our bodies, in our hearts, in our minds. Um, and everything up until now has framed every way we respond, the way we think, the way we feel. And so for me, it, it's really, uh, it, it doesn't seem like spiritual, but it very, it very much is. And a lot of people are really uh, understanding this a little bit more, but when, when I couldn't read my Bible enough, um, I was going to Sunday, Wednesday, Friday night services. Um, I was, um, doing everything by the book, the way I needed to do it, but things weren't happening. And I didn't feel like I knew where God was. And I was so confused and so frustrated and my, my view of him was just, it's just like, I was, I wanted intimacy, intimacy with him so bad. I wanted to trust him, but I was so, I was struggling so bad. And then the guilt comes on like, whoa, you know, ye of little faith, you know, get thee behind me. I'm like, oh, I'm a wretch. You know, like my, I was like, what is wrong with me? Like I live my life for God. Everything that I do is for God. Like that's all that I care about. But I, I was having trouble believing him and trusting him. And I just remember this instant where, um, he, he started to kind of invoke me on this, this path of like looking into my childhood and looking into traumas and looking into things. Um, one of my biggest issues of my past was abandonment. And so when he showed me the correlation to my abandonment issues with my father, uh, my earthly father and the correlation to um, that to him as my heavenly father, it, it began to click in and make sense. So, so to make it short it is concise as I can help it be um, my earthly father was a drug addict. He was a, he was a crackhead and he chose to do drugs and live that lifestyle over my family. And he was in and out of our home because he would come around and like convince my mom he was going to change. And, you know, so he was in and out of my life until he was 14, mostly out. But when he would come in, he would wreak havoc. One, the weird thing though, is that he was intelligent, brilliant beyond, beyond you, you can imagine. I think he had a natural, you know, gifting to the prophetic, which prophetic people are often highly attacked. So that's my, that's my empathy to, towards him is that he's under attack, but he was charismatic and he can make you laugh and you love him when he's there. And he had a good heart. I knew that he loved me. Um, 
And so it was weird to have a father that I know loved me. I knew it when I could feel it coming from him, but he just didn't show up for me. So then it's like, it directly related to my relationship with God. I knew God loved me. Like there's a lot of women out there. I'm sure that they are, they have a hard time reconciling with that. Like, does God really love me? And that is a passion of mine to help women understand that. But I knew that, like I knew it and I could feel it, but my patterns in my life showed me that even though he loves you, doesn't mean he's going to show up for you. And I just remember, like, I would get flashes in my mind of like waiting and like my dad would call me and say, Hey, I'm going to pick you up and take you to do this. I remember he he was like, Hey, I'm going to pick you up and take you to see immature. I don't know if you guys know that band, but it was like a young boy band that I was like, I loved. And I waited at the window and he never showed up. And, um, and then God just brought me to that memory and it, and it seems painful. I'm not getting emotional because it's painful. I'm getting emotional because I was waiting at the window and I was convincing myself that God was not going to show up. And he, I was making him pay for what my father on earth put me through. And so being able to take that perspective and remind myself that my God, my father does what he says he's going to do. And most importantly, he can't abandon me because he doesn't ever leave. You know, it's like, he's not, he, he won't come back. He may not come back. He's never left. He's actually like so near. And just to be able to reconcile that it's like a natural thing, but when everything else wasn't working and I still like, couldn't seem to grasp the faith to just keep on this journey that practical, like just understanding what my pal, my past was affecting that relationship. Um, it broke so many chains off my life. So a lot of people, like we talked about in our talk, like, don't look back, but like looking back can be healing. And what are you scared of? You've got God sitting right here with you. You're locked arm in arm with the heavenly father. The Holy spirit is living inside of you. So what dare you be afraid of? Like, you're going to look back at what? You're going to put light on something that was dark, but it's not, you're not going to feel the same pain again, but it will heal you to let God walk back with you and say, I was always there. I was right there with you. I never left you. So it it was something so, so profound, but yet in some ways so simple and it changed everything. It would be like a moment in a moment I can reframe my brain. Like, Hey, he hasn't, he hasn't left. I don't ask where you're at in this what he's up to. Don't worry about that. He's here and he's always working and he's always good. So, um, I just feel like that was something that really, really helped me. And I I feel like if, if you've struggled with any relationships in your past, especially with parent, like parental figures, even more importantly, fathers, um, that can be a huge key to you unlocking the next, the next place of trust and hope and faith and intimacy with your father. So good. Thank you for sharing. And remembering that the enemy hides in the dark. The enemy wants it to stay in the dark. The enemy wants your secret to be some dirty, dark secret. And your loving father wants to uncover it with you and have Holy Spirit. I was told once that um, uh, in like a deliverance training and it was, it's like a, this is gross, but you'll, it's okay. Like a pimple or like a scab. and if you keep the scab on, it'll just be dirty and scabby and gross and it could get infected or whatever. But if you peeled off the scab, this is so gross, sorry guys, but you peeled off the scab, you cleaned it out and then you get like water, living water to come in and clean it out and then he protects it. And that's like, I'm a visual person. So if we're talking whatever thing, sin that I've done or something that's been happened or happened to me, if we rip off the bandaid gently with the Holy spirit and he'll walk us through it. And then he comes in and cleans house and he comes in and heals it. And then he puts a protective barrier around that wound. Not that you'll never know it's there. It's there, but he protects you from it. And so many times we just want to keep the bad stuff in the past and we want to keep it hidden. 
and the enemy will lie to you and say it's a deep, dark secret. But I mean, how many stories, Paige, have we heard this week where so many women have gone through horrendous things and they keep it hidden and it's eating at them and the enemy wants you in that position, right? Yeah, I think the most, like when I published my book, The Roots in a Woman, and I uncovered things like abandonment um, and bitterness from, you know, ways that we were hurt. Uh, when I cover the topic, when I talk about my abortion, when I talk about, um, the promiscuity that I went through, when I, when I talk about these things, the most surprising thing to me was women in my mother's generation. Cause she like started handing out to her friends and I was like, Oh man, here we go. Um, women in her generation, I expected to get my generation and maybe younger but women that I look up to, that I look to for guidance, that I look to with reverence and with respect for, um, for who they are and their season in life, um, them telling me they've never talked about this, but they went through the same thing. I've never told anyone that. My husband doesn't even know that. I can't believe you wrote about this. This is exactly what I went through. It's like, you know, it, it was unbelievable. And so some women carry their secrets all the way. And that's like, it's like, okay, it's fine if it's not affecting you or affecting anyone else, um, but it's still not freedom. And it's not fullness of life. And so it's like this scary thing. And to say something out loud like that, it's like, I, I remember the first couple of times I shared about my abortion, it was like, let me work up for 20 minutes to say the word. Like, let me go through the backstory and then uh, you know, it's like carried so much shame. And now mm -hmm. it's just like, oh yeah, this is my story. And people are like, okay, you know, but I just have freedom. I have freedom and I'm not, I'm not ashamed of anything from my past. Um, there's so many other things that I can talk about pretty candidly because it just doesn't hold on to me like that. And so yeah, I just think that, um, it's, that's, a, that's something that I'm passionate about is getting in, in conversations like this with women. So we can just talk about the stuff that we all deal with. Because it's crazy. We all want to act like we're the only one. We're not. And um, there's so much freedom in that. And it's so, so needed. Paige, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing. Because when I, I have a podcast and I was talking on my podcast about things that have happened to me and being candid about that. And just like you said, women of my mother's generation and older, they have never said anything. And they're holding that shame. I was talking to my mother-in-law the other day and she's going through this, this program about unlocking your shame and all these things. And she still refuses to talk about things that have happened to her. And she's ashamed that somebody's going to use it against her. And the enemy can't use it against you if you let it out. If you open it up and you tell everybody, he can no longer use it against you. And I'm trying to encourage her. And I just think that you're on an amazing path and your work is very much needed. That's so good. Um, Jeanette, you just reminded me of when I was in youth ministry um, and I was in this year long challenge with God. And it was something that my dad literally was calling me out on that I didn't do. But because I was so young, I didn't know if I did or didn't. So as time went on, I remember just saying to God, I cannot believe I have to go through this after I, I can go right now down to the police station and pull out hundreds of police reports. And you actually are putting me through this. And I remember God saying, well, Jesus made himself of no reputation. I said, I don't give a rip if Jesus, I was just, ir I was mad, <laughs> I was just downright mad. And at the end of the whole journey, there were things that came out between my little sister and I about molestation and rape and all these things that had happened to us. And I remember after all of it, and we had all these discussions and I'm sitting with God and I heard God say, many in your family were called, but they didn't make it for this very reason because they weren't willing to allow the skeletons to come out of the closet. And now that you have allowed all these skeletons to come out of the closet, there's not a bone that the enemy can pick with you. What? Hallelujah. And so, and, and it's so freeing. I love that. It, it, there's a freedom that I walk in because there is no shame. 
there's a freedom that I walk in that whoever I'm sitting in front of, if they share something with me, I just look at them and say, okay. And they're like, wait, did you hear what I just said? Mm -hmm. There's nothing that surprises me anymore. And because it doesn't surprise me anymore, and I am delivered from the shame, I am delivered from the guilt. I get it. And it's okay. And that takes me to actually when I was in youth ministry, the very, very first time I ever gave a sermon, it was about that. It was about that very thing. Prior to that, though, I was in a very, very dark place because I had experienced my second miscarriage and I had just lost a friend to cancer. And um, I'm about to cuss, so I hope y'all all right. I was mad at God. I was ticked at God. Like, hold on a second. I'm a hypocrite because I'm standing here in front of this pulpit, preaching to all these kids, telling them who you are, what you do, and what you can have through Christ. And uh, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, you bailed on me. You let me lose another kid. You let my friend die to cancer. Like, seriously? Why am, why am I even called here? What am I doing here? And I was ticked is, the, is a really nice word. I was pissed at God. And I'm thinking, there's no way I, I want to do this. And, and I, just like Paige, I, I could dress it. I can perfume it. I can put the makeup on it. I can do all the things. You will never know that I am so far off the radar because I, I can make it look like I am all that as far as being a great Christian and that I believe God. And my heart was so far from God. And what it took for me was allowing someone to speak to me. And because sometimes you just don't, I don't know about y'all, but I'm just going to say sometimes when I'm hitting a hard place, like even today, what I went through with my stepson, I'm thinking, I don't want to talk to a person who's going to give me a scripture. I just want to be able to just be real. <laughs> I just want to just say what's going on. And I really don't want Christianese right now. I, I just want to talk and I just want to say how I'm feeling. I want to say what I'm thinking. And and then can we pray and then just leave it, leave, leave it at that. Like I didn't even... I hope y'all can handle real talk because here's where I'm going. I didn't even go into the group chat in my church because I know that 95% of those women are going to start talking Christianese and then they're going to be nosy. They're not asking questions because they really can care. I'm sorry. Is that too real for y'all? <laughs> they're going to be nosy. And so I couldn't even put it in the chat because I'm like, no, I need to know who my support is. And that's who I'm going to go to because they know how to handle my heart well. And that's what happened for me. This woman who was not in my church, she came to me and she said, it just seems to me you need somewhere to be where nobody's pulling on you and you can do exactly that. Be. Just be. Be where you are. And just know that you're loved. And she was amazing. So I would go and I would visit with her. And whenever people that knew me started to walk up to me and she knew they were getting ready to come and pull, extract from me what I didn't have, I was empty, beyond empty. I didn't have anything. And so she would literally just stand right in front of me and just bogart them trying to have a conversation with me. And she would just let me be. And what it did was it gave me in flesh, in human form, what God was wanting to say to me, Courtney, it's okay to be. It's all right to come and just be. You don't have to talk. You don't have to. Your tears are worship. Why? Because when you sit before someone with tears, you have to believe that they're going to handle your heart well, because you're not going to waste your tears before somebody you don't trust. At least I'm not. And so in that moment, I needed it in flesh. Yes, I knew God existed. After all, I'm a minister. I got the ordainment papers. I got the little title on my wall. I, yes, I got all of that. And yet, at that moment, that meant nothing. It meant absolutely nothing. And so to have this woman lovingly come alongside me and just say, I, I just, I, I feel like this is what you need. And she gave that to me. And it gave me that place to realize I can, if I can do that with her, then surely I can do that with God. And 
in that moment, I, I was in that time, I was able to be before God and spend time with him so that I could minister that first sermon that broke every single chain that the enemy tried to keep on me. Wow. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing. And honestly, it encourages me and like reminds me also to be that woman for other women. Like we don't, I feel like we don't have that. And so that's a good reminder too, to just listen. I've read that parenting quote one time, like ask a parent or your kid, do you want to be heard or do you want to be advice? Like before you even start the conversation and you just wanted to be heard, you didn't need Christianese. And so Man, if we could all have somebody like that and be somebody like that for someone else, how how healed I, I, we would be. I love what she said because she talked about I'm unfazed. And so when you bring your your stuff to the light, um, when you bring it out, you become unfazed by your own story, but then you also become unfazed by others, which means you can actually sit like Jesus did at the well with the woman and say, yeah, I know what you did. You know, like, I know what you're doing. I know how you're living. And he didn't go into, you know, Jewish, typical Jewish culture and give her a lecture. Or uh, as a matter of fact, like typical Jewish culture wouldn't have even been at the well with her. So it's like being unfazed. I love that you said that. And that's what we do for each other um, when we can be that. We sit at the at the well and we can actually be Jesus with other for other women and with other women. And when other people do that for me, well, it like, it changes the game. It changes everything. I love that you shared that. Thanks Paige. That's exactly, that is the call that's on my life. Isn't it interesting how God takes all the ashes and turns it into beauty. And, and I love that I get to do that for other women and see their lives changed. It's just, it, it never gets old. Every time I get on a call, I'm just sitting there like, oh, I'm so tired. And then all of a sudden that, that aha moment happens for her. And she says something that she would never share with somebody else. And I just sit there and just say, it's all good. It's going to be okay. Oh, Hi, baby. And what's funny is uh, sometimes uh, Holy Spirit is so good, but also a tattletale. And so I'll already know, like if I'm counseling with someone, I already know there's something. I've even guessed it and been like, have you ever done X, Y, Z? And how did you know? That's not me, girl. I'm so sorry. I love you. That was all him. Like, and so when you sit, the room is different when you sit with women who are at the feet of Jesus and have the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and they can pour into you, and they don't care. Like, we don't, I love you. I say this all the time, the most loving way. I don't care. I don't care where you came from, what you look like, what you did or was done to you. Like, here's freedom. Let's go after that together. I have the answer. His name is Jesus. Let me introduce you. Let me, I'll drag you to his feet with me. You don't have to say, you know what I mean? So, y'all, just sometimes he's a telltale. So, we already know. but. I love that. Kayla and uh, Jeanette. So good. So good. No guy, Courtney. I'm in the red zone. So before my computer actually dies, (laughs) um, I just want to share and not answer your question at all, but just go where the Holy Spirit's been leading me since like the first two things that were said an hour ago. This whole community and what Sam is building and what we have as women, when we were talking about spiritual warfare at the start, don't fight on your own. Like, this is what we need. When I tell you, Sam's talking about all our technology stuff. And this morning I was like, meh, technology. She immediately was praying for me, right? This stuff happened with Courtney's son. Um, she called me. I'm immediately praying. Like, you don't fight this alone. And if you're in this event right now and you don't think you have other women, you better comment and friend request the person who just commented above you. And reach out to all of us and like build this community. Sam's building a community here of Christian women to truly stand together. And when you're fighting this battle, don't go at it alone. And like we've been talking about, there's freedom, no shame in anything, but make sure that you're not fighting alone. That's what this is all about. 
Yeah, I just want to say, man, the first time I even talked to Sam, we were having internet issues. We recorded half a podcast that had to get re-recorded. It was just like, I know that there's so much power in this room. It's not even funny. We are all like devil slaying women and we're not playing. And he is scared. So scared because he knows that when we get together, we're not going to just sit there and be okay with anything that he has for us. We are only here for God. We are only here to bring his kingdom to earth. And I love praying. I love praying for people. I love praying over people. I love reinforcing and speaking word in life into people because I have been manipulated so bad by by the Bible. And until I understood it and read it for myself, I didn't know what to think. And so when you start reading the Bible yourself and you start understanding it and you have people that you can ask questions to, and there are so many resources out there, but we are also resources that you can ask, hey, what does this actually mean? And in this story, where were they at? Like Pedro is saying, in Jewish culture, there are certain things that happen and certain things that don't happen and certain reasons that words are spoken. We have to learn ourselves how to read the Bible correctly and not just take everybody's word for it. Not every pastor, even though they may have a good heart, are saying the right things to us. We have to question everything and think about what God wants us to say and ask him for direction and ask him to open doors for us and close doors and take things away because God is the one who designs our our feet and our thoughts and where we're going. And I don't know, I just feel very passionate about opening doors and closing doors and praying that over things in your life. I just do. It just feels like when you ask God to open doors, he will. When you ask God, if this is not for you, if this is not from him to close that door, he will. And don't ask any questions when he starts closing the doors. Just expect it. Pray and expect change. Don't pray and think that everything is going to be the same. Pray and expect the change because he's going to change your life. Yep, but when you ask to open them doors and he tells you to move across country to Tennessee, girl, you best get to packing. You better be ready. (laughs) Better be ready. I hate packing. I hate moving. We moved in this last month and I was like, God said, pack your house. And I said, I hate this. Where's the boxes? Let's go. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I'm the opposite. I'm like, um, so whenever you got my territory for me, you know, just let me know I'm still here. <laughs> I'm, I'm staying in Kansas. Okay. Cause my mom would kill me if I left her. Um, and that's the one thing the Holy spirit will have to say to her in a dream, you know, like I, I have to stay here unless my mama tells me I can go, but, um, partly kidding, but I'm just like, I've been in a place of like, like stay, you know? And I'm, I, I have that desire to like inhabit the territory I know he has for me. So that's so funny to hear. It's like the opposite, but that's so cool. You know, it's so well, cool. Paige, you know, my parents live like four houses down now, right? This was my pastor daddy who had a church who was not going anywhere and God called me and then he called them. So, I mean, I no way. might want to be a little more specific. Thing. He moved like six months after we did, but I'm just saying the parents oh. will follow. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> um, Jeanette, I also love that you, um, this is, this is, I love you ladies. And when I say this, love me. Quit getting your Bible off of Instagram, whether it's my account or a preacher's account, or I don't care who it is and what church they speak at. Stop getting your Bible off of Instagram. I, yo, I can't with that. So. Yes, Jeanette, get in your word. Context is everything. We're going to learn context pretty soon here in the membership. These women will help. And so, that, yes. Okay. So quick plug on that. Just, to, you know, like um, just for women that are in a busy season, I know women with young children can feel really, really intimidated. Like when you, when we say like getting in the word, there was seasons where I was able to devour so much at a time. And I'm so thankful for those seasons. They were my foundation seasons right now. It's hard for me to really, I can get into a couple scriptures, dive deep um, a day. And it's like, it's like, I have, I have got to steal time and make time. So just be encouraged. If you are out there and, and you're trying your best, 
um, and, and you're trying to get into the word, but maybe it's just like, you don't have a ton of time or, um, there's not a lot of peaceful moments to do that. No, like God meets you in that. And it can be fresh manna, even if it's, if it's just a little bit, even if it's one scripture you're going to focus on and he, you're going to put your all, your whole heart into hearing him from, from him on that today or whatever day. Um, so just be encouraged because that we, we say getting into your word and maybe that just looks different for you in this season and that's okay. But like they said, context is key. Just getting what you need to get from it and understanding it is the most important thing. Yes. And I, when I say Instagram, I just mean like so many times we'll watch a 30 second clip of someone's, someone famous's picket preaching sermon, but like, that's their con that's their commentary on what the word of God is. And I pray to God that it's accurate, but that's not always true either. So yes, I'm not saying you have to have a pretty Instagram table with your Bible and your thing. And, and if that's you praise God, if you're in that season, like you guys, that's the beauty of this event that we are all in different seasons. That's the tagline, deepening your relationship with Jesus in your season. Your season is different than hers and hers and hers and mine, right? And so if it means you got a baby on the boob and you're listening to the Bible on your phone, praise God. I just mean get in, yes, the word of God versus other people's opinion of God, including mine, including all of these ladies. And so it can be a scripture. I've read the same chapters of the Bible this summer, probably like 50 times, nothing, nothing. I'm not reading the whole Bible. It's the same scriptures and I'm just doing it more and more. So yes, ma'am. Thank you, Paige. Tons of grace for whatever season you're in. And if your kid's out of the house and you want to spend all day with the word of God, then do that, but make sure it's Bible and not commentary. That's clear, right? You guys know our hearts by now. So you spent the week with us. I feel like you know us. Okay, friends, any last part? We're a little bit over, but that's okay. Grace for that too. Um, Any last words or if not, then we will wrap it up. I just want to say I am so grateful for this community. All of you ladies are rock stars and especially somebody that's moving all the time. I'm so glad that I found a tribe online that I can pour into and they can pour into me all the time because I need those faith-based like devil slayers on my team. You know what I love about Jeanette too is wait, after we did a podcast, we didn't know each other. I don't even know how we connected on the podcast, but we did a podcast and actually each of you guys have been sort of like that, but Jeanette did not play. She was like, Hey, we let, like, I think we have a lot like, and can we, what are we on? Like Vox? I think we're on all the apps, but like Marco Polo, can we be like accountabilities? And I was like, yes, like be bold and find those people too, because ask for it. And your person will say yes. Sorry, that was a freebie, but I love that you did that. You were going to say something. Sorry, Courtney. No, I was just, yes, to what you just said. Um, I actually did that with Kayla because I um, I just said, you know, sorry, I'm checking in. Should I say that? Okay, I'm going to say it. Um, I have an angst about the body of Christ. We look too much like the world. We're too much like Preach. the world. And as a coach, that has been such a heart, a heart grieving place for me at this time in my life. And every time I thought, okay, this is the coach I'm going to go to because, you know, they're saying their kingdom, da, 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 da. And as soon as I do a deeper dive, I'm like, <laughs> and so, um, I just, I'm like, what do I do? And so I had a conversation with someone that I just, I am very, very much in alignment with being accountable to. And she asked the question, do you have someone in that arena that you know you can have as accountability? And so I did exactly what you said, Jeanette said. I reached out to Kayla really quick and I said, hey, can we get on a call really quick? We sat on the call and I was just very honest. I said, too many of us coaches look like the world. And as far as I'm concerned, if we're going to look like the world, then don't tell everybody you're a Christian. Just say you're a coach. Is that too raw? Oh, well. Um, and so I, so when she and I talked, she was just like, I'm in. I'm like, yes. And so Kayla is that for me. She's that accountability. And um, she'll check me. She checked me earlier this week. She was like, yeah, you know, watching what your words are. And I'm like, again, I just ministered about that. I know that, you know, it's <laughs> It's just so beautiful to have 
that close knit, you know, oh, thank you, Lord. I'm just reminded of Jesus for, for a lot of us women, social media can really put you in a place where you have a distorted view about relationships. So I'm about to go here. Jesus is such the example of what it really looks like to have relationships. He had the multitude. They knew about Jesus and they were in his vicinity, wherever he was. Then there was the twelve. And they knew more of Jesus and they knew about his, his thought patterns, the way he did things and what he loved and, and what really was close and near and dear to his heart. But then Jesus had three and they were the ones that were allowed a little deeper dive into Jesus where they didn't just know about Jesus. They knew Jesus. But then there was the one who had the audacity to say the one whom Jesus loved that, right? And, and he lay, he was so close to Jesus that Jesus gave him carte blanche to lay on his chest. That, that level. So for those of us who are caught up in this idea of what relationships should look like, I just want to give you permission to recognize that's not reality because you don't have enough time in your life for that many people. Not if you want relationships of depth. And so recognizing that and giving yourself permission to not have to be that for everyone all the time, everywhere, because it's not a reality. It'll never take place and you'll never have relationships of depth. And then you really won't have that growth in your life that God wants you to have. So that just came to me. And then lastly, Sam, thank you. Thank you for your yes. Thank you for your obedience. Thank you for just giving God carte blanche to lead you in the way that he wanted you to go. And thank you for doing the remainder of Jeremiah 29, 11 and 12, where you sought him out so that he could show you this plan and for executing it because you could have quit. I'm sure quit was in you every day, but you didn't and you were faithful. And so I just know um in light of eternity, you're not going to see fully how the impact has been, right? Because when when you enter into heaven, you affected us three. Kayla was on here, so us four. But we have households. And so whatever is deposited into us deposits into our family members. And then from there, all of the vicinities where we have influence. So there's countless millions that will be affected by your yes this week. And you won't really see the full effect of that until you're in eternity when you have those women, those men, those children walking up to you, hopefully not children. They're going to walk up to you and just say, thank you. Right. And because of your yes at this particular chapter in your life. Thank you for that. And don't make me cry because I got videos to do after this. Um, But thank you. Seriously. All right. Are we good? We are, man, you guys, you guys got so much fire tonight. So this will be saved in the group. It'll be, if you're a VIP member, I'll put it in the back office too, but you guys soak this in and these women are coming to you. Obviously you've heard the story. So vulnerable, but also accessible for this week. And so just if you're connecting with someone, their inbox is open. I'm saying this for them because I know that that's our heart. And so um, yeah, we love you. Thank you so much. And we got one more day. So let's get it.